Welcome to The Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you've experienced the loss of someone close to you, Dr. Connie and her guests will share guidance, love, and support to help keep you moving. Now, here is Dr. Connie. Welcome to The Widow's Walk. I'm so happy you tuned in, especially since we are celebrating our second season on Voice America. This is just a happy time for me because I'm thinking that I'm so proud and happy for this podcast that's reached out to so many listeners and so many widows out there. So this show is the first episode of our second season. So thank you, my audience, for listening in. We actually have thousands of listeners internationally, mostly in the U.S., but again, thousands of listeners. And, and I encourage all of you to share the information about this show. Share it with widows and share it with people who have lost loved ones. It's always astounding to me as a widow that I'm not alone in terms of this journey, that every year statistics show there are over 700,000 women in the U.S. who become widows. And you look at all married women in this country, and one-fourth of all married women in the U.S. are estimated to become widows by the time they reach 65. And then you take half of the remaining women, and they will lose their husbands by the time they reach age 75. That's a lot of people, a lot of women out there. Right now, we are having in this country about 13.6 million widows, And I look at back and how this is such a significant life event that affects so many, but you don't hear about it as often on television or or media because it doesn't make the news. And maybe because we think, oh, it's so prevalent and, you know, the widows are sort of silently suffering and nobody wants to address that. But I'm hopefully going to do some work regarding that to get some public notice into the journey of, of the widow. And I always look back, and it's the widowhood journey is a very personal journey. It's got its own timetable for every widow. We grieve on our own terms. It is not a sprint. It is not a marathon. You don't run it. You have to walk it. And that's why I love the name, The Widow's Walk. I also love the name, The Widow's Walk, because I think of that structural device, as they called that architectural structure, they called the Widow's Walk, commonly in New England on those big houses there overlooking the water. It's The, the name is Cupola or Cupola, where the widows during the seafaring days in New England, they would go to the top of the house onto the Cupola or the Widow's Walk, and they would look out to sea to see if the ship is returning that would bear their seagoing husband or sailor or captain as they look out waiting for them to come home and they never return home. So that's the widow's walk that, you know, we keep thinking our husband may one day return home to us, but he doesn't, doesn't come back home, not in this life. So I have so many observations and thoughts about this month, this season. We just got through the holidays (laughs) which are particularly painful for anybody who's lost a life, uh, a loved one, especially our spouse, because there's so many memories and emotions attached to Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. And then you think, oh, my gosh, I've got another year ahead of me. But he's not part of that life. So what lays ahead? What, what lays ahead for me? In February, it's particularly poignant and painful because we have Valentine's Day. And Where's, where's my valentine? He's not here anymore. So a lot of us widows have galentine. We celebrate with our girlfriends and our family. 
And then another year we know without our loved ones. And these milestones come and go. And I know this month, there, there the milestone for, for my beloved John would have been 68 years old on February 21st. And Sandra Mackey, her husband Mel, passed away on the 22nd of this month. And so every one of us has a particular milestone that we celebrate. So our guest today, and I thought of what a wonderful guest she would be, because she's been on our guest before, has been on board uh, with us before, is Nancy Pichuco. And I'm looking for her bio. Here we go. So Nancy Pichuco. And Nancy has been with me as a friend for at least the last the last two years. We met through a mutual friend, uh, Tony Lacombe, who uh, was our hairdresser, and she connected us through that. And so I instantly like Nancy. If you were on television, Nancy's a natural because she's she's gorgeous. She's beautiful inside and out. She's athletic. She's photogenic. She's smart. She's savvy. Uh, her bio, let me memorize her bio. She grew up in New York, and then she came out to ASU to study uh, years ago. And in a bar in Tempe, she met the love of her life, Angelo. And they were married for 20-some years, parents of two children. And about six years ago, has it been almost six years ago, he passed away from cancer. And so she took care of him until the day he passed so she has been through her journey and has shared with us her journey with us about uh, a year ago when we started our show. And we had so many listeners email and call in and just say what a great guest she was to share that. So I invited Nancy to come back and talk with us about the questions like, where is she now in her journey in widowhood? What has she learned? She's recently gotten her life coach license. So we'll we'll interview her on my other show, House Calls, about life coaching. Because it applies not only to widows, but to children who are struggling, to adults who are trying to figure out the decisions to make in their life. She's a wonderful life coach because everybody wants to be her best friend. She's comforting, soothing, smart. She's also very, very wise from her own personal experience in life. So I had these questions I wanted to propose to her. And we'll see. And I, I just said, I, it's like having coffee with my friend Nancy. So Nancy, welcome back on, on Widow's Walk. So nice to be here. So now Angelo has been gone how many years now? Uh, April 24th will be eight years. It's hard to believe. It's this, unbelievable. Does it feel like it's a long time ago or does it feel like yesterday? Eight years sounds like such a long time to me. Yeah. And I, I sometimes feel like it was another lifetime ago. And then sometimes it just feels like a week ago. And when you look back at your life with him, what kind of memories pop up? Laughter, his happiness, his joy. He was really just genuinely a, a happy guy who loved his life. Um, Mostly all beautiful memories. Are you at peace with him passing? I, I have to be. Yeah, I have to be at peace with him passing. When do, you, when do you find peace? How many years into this did you find it? I mean, at first I... At first, oh, 
almost after because he was he was really sick for a short amount of time, 17 months, and there was almost this sense of peace when he died, if I can say that, because mm-hmm. of the of the suffering that was happening at the end. Um, and then different kinds of peace have to come. I mean, I had never lived alone at all in my life. I had never been alone. My children were just out of the house. So I was scared. I was had a lot of fear, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be okay. So that was the, really the beginning of this journey of peace. So, you, you change, don't you? Mm-hmm. Because you'd been really together since your early 20s with Angelo. I, I met him a couple weeks after I turned 21. Yeah. And I was we were together until I was 54. So, so that's, you know, most of your life, really yes. most of your adult life. And so you're inseparable as, you know, as, as in your life together as husband and wife, but also parents of your of your children. Yes. And then, you know, we, we describe after losing him, you know, finally when he dies, and a lot of times you never know, but you were preparing. Was there that first couple of years like a blur to you? Yes. So the first year was, the first year was um, a blur. I... I did a lot the first year. I had to um, sell a business, and I decided to sell our home that we had lived in for 25 years and start a new place where I could find peace because I knew I was not going to find it in the home that we were in. Was that hard to do? It was hard to do, but I knew for myself that I needed to move forward and through that. And I know other people who have been in the same home and that's where they find their peace. So I just think everyone needs to discover that. So I did do a lot of things that kept me really busy until nighttime came. Um, And for many widows, they'll they'll tell you that also, that, that night still can be a very difficult time. And that first year, I just sat in the bathtub like every single night because I didn't know what else to do. You breathe. There's nobody to hold, hold you. Mm-hmm. Nobody so. holds you. No, nobody there. So the first year is, is hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. And what happened at the end of the first year, I was in the grocery store and I was pushing a cart and this woman that I had met earlier on in the year said to me, oh, you know... That second year is a lot worse, I heard. Oh, great. Thanks a lot. So, and I just looked at her and I was like, well, um, thank you for that, but that's, that's not the way it's going to be. Yeah. I, and I, when I heard that, I was like, no, no, no. You grieve on your own terms. I mean, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I don't want that to be it. Yeah. And I, and then you get on this journey of, I want to be okay. Yeah. And I want to be better than okay. And I want to, yeah, I, I, I want to heal. So you go from this grieving to this yeah. this place of trying to heal, and that's powerful. You know, it is powerful. Well, you're a teacher, basically trained as a teacher. You're a mom. So you're giving advice to other people. It almost sounds like you took your own advice. Because, you know, there I see widows in terms of life changes. Some of them, you know, as they say, they elect to stay in the home they've had for years, and they keep all his things in the home. And then others like you and I, I, I got to the point after three years in the house we, we'd built, I couldn't live there anymore. I kept thinking he was going to come home, that he was on a business trip. And so I, I sold it three months. 
after he passed because I would cry. And then recently this month, I sold the building I was in for the, that I had for 17 years because every time I would turn a corner, go down a particular road up to where I used to live, I would cry because it was though I were going home and he wasn't home. And so it's, it's though you have to find, you have to make your new home. You know, you, you showed me in the last, last year when we were on this show, because one of the things I believe in about the widow's journey, it's the journey about we going from we, as you and Angelo, John and I, to me. And then we ask ourselves, well, who's me is Nancy? Who's, who's the new Nancy? You know, what, so what does your new normal look like now? So after, this, you know, after a long time, um, what I am discovering is that, you know, this new person is is so much more capable than I ever knew I was mm-hmm. because um, Angelo pretty much did most of the a lot of stuff in the house. So I I'm I'm more capable than I ever knew uh, that I was. I'm developed a new confidence. Uh, more compassionate, uh, more understanding, less judgmental, all these things I think that happens in the healing process. Yeah. My new my new normal is that I, I live alone, and yeah. I live in a beautiful place that I've created and a peaceful mm-hmm. life that I want to live in um, because there isn't anybody who's going to do it for me, which... You know, I kept thinking maybe there would be, uh, but there isn't, but there really isn't. And, and I'm learning that, you know, I'm, that I am responsible for everything in my life. My happiness, most importantly, I mean, I, I'm responsible for all that. So. You know, a lot of people are hoping, is there a magic pill? Is there somebody to swoop in and rescue me? And you as a life coach, no, you got to do your homework. Yeah. When people come and say, I'm miserable, how do I get out of it? You have to say, I'm going to get better. You made the decision. I'm going to live, and I'm going to get better, and I'm going to be better as a result of losing my husband. And I'll, and I'll tell you, Connie, like there are moments, so many over the years, and still sometimes, really, I mean, <laughs> we're human beings. I mean, there's times I just want to, I, I, I puddle. I mean, I mm-hmm. cry in a puddle and mm-hmm. I want someone to just come and mm-hmm. make it all better. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is part of being human, but, you know, you have to really decide. Yeah. You know what what that is going to look like, or trust is a huge piece of this yeah. journey. I think um, that you that you can go on. You can go on to the brave new world that that's there. Have you lost friends? Have you noticed like the ones that you and Angelo had as a widow? Have you lost a lot of friends, or what have you noticed? So it's interesting. So for people that have been in a situation you know, with a partner for over 30 years, you, you develop close friendships with other couples. And, you know, unfortunately there's couples that, you know, I'm just no longer as close with as I used to be, but there are, you know, there are a few that I'm still very, very close with. And, you know, something about, you know, what hasn't changed in my life. Um, there's a few old friends that will, I think will always be there mm-hmm. for each other. And that's, that's so that's good. Been beautiful. Yeah. So good. You know, you really know who your friends are. It's it's yeah. whenever anything good or bad happens, who reaches out to you? Who do you reach out to? You know, this month, since it, his birthday was February 21, I got a text from John's former secretary, Carrie. 
Indiana. She texted me. I got emails from three of his old buddies who used to work with him and know him very well. And two of them had the same birthday. And they just thought of him. And how do you comfort a widow? You know, I think when... One of the things one of the widows told me is she hated when somebody said, he's in a better place. He's not in a better place. He'd be here with me if he were in a better place. But the thing I think the words that offer me the most comfort is he would tell us how much he loved you and how you made his life so joyful. Tell us that stuff. That's what we want to hear, how we influenced his life. And I I think that that brought me a lot of comfort that they would think of me and how much, how happy we were in our lives together. And that's why they were thinking, gee, I, I need to reach out to her, you know, on, on their birthday. But have you noticed, like, for your friends, you're mentioning some of your close friends. Like, like your best friend now. Who's your best friend now? Well, my, so I have old friends that will always be dear to me who are still married and have a different life than I do right now. And my my... My best friend right now is someone who I've known for about 20 years who has also lost her husband. And I think it's in this widowhood that we have connected and really understand each other and understand a lot of the the loss that goes with that. And so we do a lot of fun things together. And uh, as a matter of fact, t- tonight after I leave here, I have a, a, a party to go to with another widowed uh, Good. friend. Good. So. It's making new friends. Yeah. You know, it's making yeah. new friends that is 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 difficult, and but also, you know, great. Well, you, you remember this thing. big club of widows. A lot of us didn't sign up for it, didn't want to join it, but here we are. Mm-hmm. It's a huge club. There are eleven point six million of us out there. Yeah, and and I think you know, as you as a life coach, you're the perfect one to I think counsel another widow. Because you, you, you've, you're, you're on the journey. You know it. And you know that I think in a lot of ways, when you get through this journey, you never get totally done with it, that you are a better human. You're a better person. You're a better soul because, that, because of what you've been through. S- someone asked me recently, um, a person I just met asked me a question like that, like, how are you different? And I will mm-hmm. tell you that as much as I would want my life to be the way it was with Angelo Mm -hmm. and as much as I would want to see what that would have been like really Mm -hmm. um, it's not going to be that Mm -hmm. and but I the person I am now Mm -hmm. is just I I like her so much more Mm -hmm. than I than I imagined because of what I've been through and what I've been able to continue to go through. So. It's a good feeling, isn't it? It is a good feeling. To find that, to be at peace and acceptance, but also grow. I mean, you went through a lot of pain. It, I always believe it's rebirth, and rebirth is painful for the baby and for the mom. So you rebirth yourself. And the Angelo, the, I suspect, and I predict, the best parts of Angelo in your life are in you. Are, yes. That's always part of you. But then you modified and adjusted to change and, and learned that not everybody, you know, everybody in this life, we lose people all the time. Yes. And yes. what's left is me. In the end, you live alone and you're alone, but you're not lonely. Right. And I think, you know, what you just said, the best parts of Angela are with me. My, my whole feeling about love is different. Yeah. You know, the love... The love never goes away. It yeah. just doesn't. Yeah. There, it's part of me. 
more than ever. Yeah, I don't know if that, make, if that can make sense, but it truly is. And my feeling about love and, and what that is and what that looks like. So when you think back, and you probably, how often do you think of Angelo? Now? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> so what does he look like in your, in your vision when you see him or imagine him? What do you remember about him? He's just a, a huge smile, Connie. A beautiful, great. huge, yeah. a beautiful, huge, happy smile. Really, really. Um, you know, and without getting too woo-woo, um, <laughs> I often feel him present. Yeah. Yes. I just often feel him present. Like, oh my gosh, there you are again. He is. And I just do. And I I don't know. Obviously, no one really knows if that's true or not. But, but it works it for helps you. For me. It helps yeah. me. And I... Um, Stick into it. You know what? It works. I yeah. have a phrase that I'll put somewhere in my book. I went from boo-hoo to woo-hoo through woo-woo. Who knew? Yeah. And I always think, uh, there's, every day I, I think of John in some way. In fact, I still have his urn. And I talk to him every day, every morning, every night. And I always think he sends me kisses from heaven. And maybe I'm making it up, but I see numbers. I hear music at certain times. Yes. I'll sense him. I I remember, and as you remember Angelo's smile, I remember John's laugh. Had the best laugh. And I would just remember this hilarious laugh that and actually on my desk at work, my clinic, I have a yes button. I got it on Amazon, get everything on Amazon. It's a little button that says yes, and I, there was a button that said no. I put that in the other part of the office and somebody plays with the no button. And you hit it. And it's different voices that say yes, 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 yes. And then there's this big, raucous voice that says yes. This sounds just like John. And so I get in the morning right before I see my patients, and I hit the yes button to key me up, to get me ready for the day to be open to yes, to say yes, I, I am open. I'm open to whatever comes this way. So whatever comes your way, tell me about dating. Because one of the things we talk about, I, I've talked in the past about, widows, because our December show had a widow friend of mine, Debbie, who had been a far White House nurse, had been a widow for many, many, like 17 years, raised her daughter, retired from the White House, and was a hospice nurse. And one of the, a couple years back, years ago, she covered for another nurse, for a lady who was dying at home, and met the woman's husband. And then he became a widower, and then in his sorrow, reached out to Debbie for help, for a ride, for a support group, and they fell in love. And they got married a year ago, uh, actually two years ago, and they came to my party, my Christmas party, and they were on my show, and they were so perfectly matched in this life. It was like, who could have thought? They were brought together. She'd been with 17 years for her, and barely, I mean, he had just been freshly widowed. And usually guys, you know, remarried, but... I just think, I look back and I said, you're an example of hope. Because you weren't looking for each other. You were just doing your usual thing. But they found out they had so much in common. They had so much to share about life and, and their journey. It's so they were put together yeah. by each other's spouse. And i never seen her so deliriously happy. But he was like over the top in love with her. And I, I have photos of them, but it doesn't capture the feeling that I had. But... You know, we're going to go to a quick break, but before I do, I, you know, I look at you and it just, you're so beautiful. You're so full of life. And do you envision one day meeting somebody? Yes, I do. Just listening to the story you just told gets me excited. 
it does. I do hope that 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 unfolds in a way like that. I would that would be wonderful. So we're going to pause for a quick break. I want to come back because we're going to talk about what widows want to see, what we're looking for, what we're seeking. It's all very personal, private, but if you could put your wish list out there for the partner, because I always think there's someone you grow up with in life, you know, but there's someone you grow old with, and you can stay young forever, but in your own way, but who are we meant to be with for the last chapter? So stay tuned on Widow's Walk and Dr. Connie and Nancy Pichuco to talk about what widows dream about and our hope for the future. So stay tuned for more on the Widow's Walk. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Welcome back to The Widow's Walk. Remember to check out the show page on the Voice America website for more episodes. Now, back to Dr. Connie. Welcome back to the Widow's Walk for our February show. This is Dr. Connie, and I'm with my dear widow friend, Nancy Pichuco. And we're talking about the widow's journey, obviously, but also what lays ahead for us. Because you're young, you're healthy, and you've got, God willing, another 30 more years in this world, in this life. What what do you envision for you? I do envision myself eventually at some point finding a partner to do the rest of this life with. That is what I think will happen. Um, would you ever get married again? Connie, I I would, 
but I would really mostly like to find somebody to do life with. And if marriage is a part of it, that, and if it made sense, then I would do that. I think it would be wonderful, really. I think it would be wonderful. I have a saying, and I, have, I need to do a reality series about this. I always said that all the good men are hard to find. They're usually dead, married, or gay. And my, my single girlfriends say, you know, you're really right about that. And for you, I always, I always believe that there's a list of your qualities of your perfect mate. And I've mod- I mean, when I first met John, I had a list of my perfect mate. He, he sat down at the Nordstrom Cafe with me and went through the list and said why he was the right guy. And so over time, as a widow, I had a different list, which I haven't divulged yet. I don't want anybody stealing my list. But if you can ask the universe, if you can ask God, you can ask spirit, what your perfect mate would be now. Now, this Nancy, the widowed Nancy, the Nancy, not the Nancy way back then. And again, you have to realize for widows, nobody ever takes your husband's place. He is, that is embedded deep in your heart, your memory. Nobody ever takes, no, there's no substitute. Your love now is a new love, but you're a new person. So what are you looking for in the next guy? What does the next guy look like? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is that I want someone to be healthy because in this in this age group that there's it makes it a little smaller so healthy physically healthy mentally emotionally spiritually healthy mm-hmm. someone who feels comfortable in their own skin somebody who has a calm confidence about them someone who makes me laugh would be wonderful smart and just Genuine, genuine in who they are. You know, one of the sayings we have among widows that we don't want to be a nurse and we don't want to be a person. And you look at statistics that widows, only about 16% of them remarry. Doesn't mean that they don't have a companion. In fact, the studies show that usually after two and a half, three years of widowhood, the majority of widows look for somebody. They have a companion. They have a boyfriend. They have some. They reach out because they don't want to be. And it, and it's lower numbers, lower percentage. The older they are, my eighty-seven-year-old widow friends, there's no way they're done. They're pretty much done with the opposite sex. They don't want anybody. But the younger ones, the younger widows who have children, are the ones who usually get married right away. But the ones in their fifties, sixties, seventies takes a while. It takes a while. It takes a while. And I think, as you said, on this journey, I've changed. So in the seven years that Angelo's been gone, it's it's changed my life. I've changed. So at the beginning, I didn't want a relationship at all mm-hmm. because I had never dated at all. I wanted to learn how to date. And so I did. I, I dated. How long, how long did it take before you said, you know what, I think I'm ready? As, as my friend Georgia Bunn would say, at three and a half years, she told me, I'm ready to partner up. <laughs> and we'll have to have her on this show. But it's almost like I'm ready. So at what point for you, you said, you know, I think I'm willing to entertain a date with somebody now. Well, I, I was ready to do that after about a year. Mm-hmm. I was ready to entertain a date and yeah. figure out what that was about. Um, on a Saturday night would roll around and, you know, I, I want to 
you know, see what that's about. So how do you meet guys? How do widows find somebody? I mean, that's a great question, Connie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. dating know. apps, you do Tinder, you use Bumble. Well, I, I, eHarmony. In, the, in the past, I um, had used a dating app. And that was great for me because it was able, I was able to talk and connect and learn how to have conversations with men because I, I didn't have a lot of experience doing that. And I was very open and honest about my situation and I wasn't really looking for a, a, a husband. I was just looking to really find myself in this journey. And that was, that was part of it. So I did that and I think people have been very successful on that journey well, but when you when you dated Angela mm-hmm. you know at the you first met him in Tempe at ASU you know it was back in what year was that 19? it was 1980 80. it was January of 82 wow so back in those days Dating was a certain way. Yes, I was playing Ms. Pac-Man and <laughs> drinking a vodka tonic. So now, when you started dating again after so many years losing your husband, what does dating look like? It's <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. Just trying to decide. There was what comes to mind. Do you remember that movie Sleepless in Seattle? Yes. And Tom Hanks is a widower, and he's getting ready to date. And I think he's telling me, the guy used to play uh, Reiner, um, Rob Reiner. Is it Rob Reiner? Who's his buddy. They're at a bar and they're discussing how to date. And and Rob Reiner is telling him what he has to do. And he's like, befuddled, I I have to do what? He goes, and you have to do tiramisu, too. He goes, what's tiramisu? (laughs) I mean, it's all these things that they expect you to do. But also, you're older. You're not a 20, you know, not a 18, 20 year old ready to go to a bar for a hookup. You know, you're mature. You know, you're sensible. You're a mother. You're a grandmother. You know, so it's probably more difficult to to get into that environment. It is. And it it was for it was. And then I started discovering, you know, I, I, I have met some very nice men along the way mm-hmm. and just not for me mm-hmm. particularly but I have met some nice men along the way and I have had um, relationships mm-hmm. you know so I have had um, uh, you know a re- a re- I have had one relationship that was very meaningful mm-hmm. and so I know that uh, that can happen mm-hmm. so that is a really good feeling to know that I can have um, love again in my life and I'm not, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think we get stuck sometimes on what we want it to look like. We want it to look like, oh, I'm going to get married again and have the whole family all there and happy for me. And, you know, that may not happen. That may not happen. And that's okay because I, I really try not to get so caught up on the outcome of Mm -hmm. what happens in my life more than enjoying this journey that I'm on and being healthy myself, mentally, physically, spiritually. That to me is the most important thing on how I can show up for people in my life and how I can show up for myself and for a new life partner someday. How, you know, if I, so if I get so caught up on I want it to be this certain way mm. and it doesn't turn out, maybe that's not the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, 
you know, my life took such a crazy turn that I never imagined that I have to be open to believe that there is some, there's some other wonderful, magical things that are, that are happening. Well, you know, I think for you, I have so much hope listening because you're open. It's just, there are no rules here. You, you chart your own course, just be open to what, what happens. And when people start saying, oh, you, you cannot date until he's gone five years, you go, well, you got to be kidding me. I mean, there are no rules. You, there are no rules. I mean, I, I, a lot of my widow friends date within a year because they've already grieved and they move forward. And others say never date again. And, and the Nancy that was dating Angelo is a different Nancy than Angelo's widow. You know, and it is, you look at yourself as Nancy the soul, Nancy the human, Nancy the amazing, beautiful woman. And you're, the things that fill you make you happy, you're different now. You're different. I am different. And you know what? I heard something which we've all heard, I think, at some point in our life that, you know, we met the right person at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. We've all sort of heard that. And, and I started thinking about that because I, I don't know that there's like a wrong time necessarily. I think, I think people are brought into our life, even if it's for an hour sometimes to, to get something from, to learn something from, to give something to. I don't know that there's wrong timing. I think, and I trust that we are, we are here to learn. We are here to learn. We are here to heal. We are here, here to grow. Um, and we may be alone again. Yes. I mean, that's the truth. We may be alone again. In the so, end, most of us die alone. Nobody mm-hmm. can do the dying for us, just like what we die alone. But, and I think in the end, only you have you. You're, you are your, your own entity. Sweet, sweet. And you got to love yourself. We do. And, and, you know, and we hear a lot of that, that we, want, we need to love ourselves. But we do yeah. really have to find out this person that we are. And that is... Um, it's like living alone. You're okay living alone, right? I have been. Yeah. It's so surprising. It's just so surprised. I'm so surprised by that. I find more of our we widows have this joy of just coming home and just being our in our own. It's not I'm alone, but I'm not lonely. And it's also the absence of desperation. When I look at widows who are very who've known what it is to have been deeply loved and then trying to date again or find somebody, you're okay. In fact, you're not going to settle. If, if somebody falls under your, you know, to the point where they disappoint you, you're not going to drag it out waiting for them to, to prove to you that they're the right guy. You're just going to cut them off and just say, it's not a good fit. It's like, sorry, you know, I'm going to move on. That's so true because our time is so precious here on earth. Like our time is precious. Yeah. And the older we get, we, we realize that more and more. And I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste the time. And I, or there's either, but still, right. Or it's not working. So have you ever had a situation where you met somebody and instantly knew, like when you met Angel, did you know that he would be it? I had this, Angela and I had, I didn't know he would be it, but Angela and I definitely had an, an immediate attraction to each other. And so I was, I was actually in another relationship when I met Angela. So you I wasn't said, sure. This is the better, this <laughs> is a better deal. I did, I did say that. <laughs> and I was right. It could uh, be. You know, it could be the fact that you're open, you're healthy, you're going to live long, but you're constantly, you're doing things. I mean, you, you're, what made you decide to go into life coaching? So I've been a counselor for 25 years. And I've counseled teenagers for many years, uh, at risk.
risk students, kids that were had a lot of different troubles. And I, I decided about a year and a half ago that I was done with that. And I just wanted to figure out more about myself and my life. So this, this made sense. This seemed to flow very easy for me. And in my journey of, of grief and healing, and, and and one of the things I would encourage, you know, widows to do that first year would be to find some sort of grief counseling. So um, in my work of grief counseling and trauma therapy, I, I, I found a, a coach, a life coach along the way that helped me from that place of grief and healing to moving forward. And the moving forward piece is... is, is makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's, that's how I got into that. And, and I love learning. I love learning. And so my time, I, I mean, I have a, I have created or I continue to create this great day, um, of, of learning and listening to podcasts and books. And, um, I do meditations every morning and I practice hot yoga every day. And I, I, there's so much to learn about. It's like you almost don't know what you don't know. Right. And I and I love this. Path. You grow and you go. You keep moving on. So as would you would you love to to meet with widows and counsel widows as a life coach? I, I think they, get that group. Or I think children, that, I, or? I think it will be an easy. Yes, uh, more 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 people in my age group than teenagers. Again, I love the teenagers, but I did I, I did that for a long time, yeah. and I think the it's about expanding was, what yeah. what's next. So the that widows. would be. So having been when Angela was sick and dying, and you said seventeen months, what would you tell women out there, listeners, whose husbands are right now dying? What would you tell them about being a widow and waiting? So. I would say that everybody has their own their own way of doing this and I would also say Connie that when I look back at my life I have very 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 few regrets um but one of the regrets I do have is that time where Angela was sick and not saying things that I wished I had said and not hearing things that I wished I had heard. So I would encourage women, uh, widows in that time period to have the uncomfortable conversations. I mean, I understand why we didn't. We were, you know, our time was sacred and we didn't want more pain involved. We wanted just happiness and love and peace in that time. But I wished we, I would have the hard conversations about what, about what my life is going to be like without you. Yeah. Like that. I could yeah. never I could talk I, about. I couldn't talk about. Did he ever tell you it was okay to remarry or okay to find somebody? Yeah, we never gone? talked about that. Really? Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, the financial yeah. piece and I'm sure. going to be fine Good and all that. Yeah. And that was all talked about, but really not that piece. Yeah. And it was too hard to talk about. Well, you feel and, like I haven't, I don't want to desert you. Right. You know, I it, want to talk about that. But, but I, I think it would be. Give you peace. I think it would be helpful. So I, I would say if you are in that space to to listen to yourself and honor yeah. yourself. And if that makes sense for you to talk about, then... When he was dying, did you say... Because people will say it's okay to go. Did you get a chance to say that? Or was that... But he passed on his own terms, but you were there. Did you ever get a chance to say that? It's okay to go? Um, no. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, he he really um, he wanted to fought. Stay. He, he fought wanted to stay. Bitter, bitter end. He didn't want to leave you. Mm-hmm. 
You didn't want to leave. So, um, we, I, I just had this conversation recently with somebody. We didn't, we didn't know really that that was the end. We didn't know that that was the end. It was just, even though we knew you still have hope. We had this, we had this hope and that some new chemo thing would come out. So, so there were things that I, I wished or different, but um, but you know, do you communicate with him? You I talk do. to him. I just do. tell, just yeah. tell him. Yeah. And he knows. He does know. He does know. Yeah. What happens? So you've been, you know, your first year of widowhood. What would you tell a new widow in her first year? What has helped you? So, the first year is is a little bit of a blur. Looking back, I think the first year it's so important to take care of yourself. Um, I think that's really, really important. Um, maybe the most important thing is to is to take care of yourself, whatever that means. Um, I took a bath every night mm-hmm. because I really didn't know what else to do every night, so I did that. Um, I think to that first year, as difficult as it may be, would be to look for things to be grateful for in your life. Because there's always that, and that gratitude helps get through a lot of the pain. Um, I think I mentioned some grief counseling is really helpful. It was very helpful for me. I ended up with some trauma therapy along the way. Reading books, there's wonderful books out there to continue to read, um, you know, about acceptance and and uncertainty and healing. So I, I would... I would recommend that the first year reach out. Everyone's sort of there in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as time goes on, people, you know, sort of trickle off and you realize, you know, though everybody missed Angelo and everybody, you know, always missed him, no one's life changed. Yeah. You know, you, you're, as the widow, your life changes yeah. and everybody misses them and he's been, everyone does. And, but it's your life changing and you have to learn how to, to listen to yourself and honor yourself. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, there's not a getting, a, there's not getting around the pain. There's not getting around, um, the pain. And so there, there, you know, there was a time to, to be honest with you that first year that I was numbing my pain, you know, mm-hmm. and doing things like drinking too much wine to numb my pain. And I realized pretty quickly that that was not going to work. So you have to feel your stuff. You have to do whatever it is to, to feel it. Um, so reach out for help if you if you need it for sure. You can't insulate the pain. That's all part of it. You are, I tell widows, you will cry more than you've ever cried in your entire life. And it's okay. It's okay. It's expected. It's you will grieve, you'll mock, and then you keep going up and you keep going up and pretty soon time passes. And but he's always in your heart that stays forever. But you have to it's like you have to believe it and you have to be open to it. But then you fall in love again or you realize you do love this entity who you've become at the end of this journey of a lot of pain that you have achieved that. That 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 title you wear proudly, that you're his widow and I'm John's widow, 
and that you're a better person because of that. You become whole again in your new way. And it's okay to love. It's okay to continue to grieve, but you need to move on with your life. Yeah. You know, and it's not selfish, it's self-love. <laughs> and and to have the things you want, and you're not desperate anymore. There's no desperation. Yeah. And you're picky. And it's okay to picky. And I tell widows, don't settle. Yeah. It's gotta be if you if you move on to another relationship that you want to be serious, it's gotta be better than your life now. Can't compete with whatever life you had before with your husband. That's a different life, but you're a different person. But whatever comes your way, it's gotta be more uplifting than what you have because you have pretty an amazing life right now. I, I, I do. I have a really, really nice life that I have worked hard to create. And I think it's the sacredness of this life that you see when you lose your person, you realize how sacred and special this life is. And I want to live it in that way. Um, and so I, I do. I have a beautiful life, and it's from this place that I want to attract my your future, my future, and and, and and my person. Because, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't need to settle for for that. So you exemplify what I see when I talk, when I listen to you as a widow. Not only did you survive, you learned to thrive. That from that pain and trauma, you grew to be a better person. I think if our listeners and our widows can learn from you, I think it's definitely to survive, which is the hope. That's the minimum. But really not only survive, but to grow from that pain and to be a better human being from that. And then from there, if you're meant to be with somebody, it's obvious, right? It's the first guy you talk to who makes you laugh again. It's somebody who, as soon as you saw them, you say, I know this guy. I know him. And I know my husband would want me to be with him. And this person helps me to be the best I can be. I can't believe our hour is almost over. Any final words for widows out there you want to share, Nance? Well, I, I love that. What you said as far as you know, finding the next person, I think in, in the journey, it's it's learning to trust yourself. And I know that sounds such maybe a basic thing, but it's something I think as women, we don't always do. So, so trust ourselves, trust our gut, trust a higher power. If that is, if that is what you believe in, and that connection between yourself and that power, and it will, um, it will all be okay. Yeah. Oh, thanks again. Thanks for being on the show. We're going to have you come back again. We will definitely re- keep repeating this. And you're just one of my favorite guests on, on Widow's Walk. And definitely for life coaching, I think a lot of widows will reach out to you just to, you know, I find that I get more out of counseling others as they do. Because yes. in, in going over and helping them, you just, you heal too. So thanks again, Nancy. Thank for you, Bonnie. Thank, you for, thank you for this. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening on the February Widow's Walk. And each day is special. And we all grieve together. You're not alone. And I hope and prayer is that you become a better soul, a better person as a result of losing your loved ones. So with that, I wish you a wonderful month and we'll reach out to you again next month on the Widow's Walk. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Widow's Walk with Dr. Connie Mariano. We hope you've gained some peace and maybe even a glimmer of hope as you continue to move forward in your life. Until we talk again, have a beautiful day.